for all those who feel called to build something bigger than themselves, but have no idea or representation as to how to bring it to pass. This podcast is for you. Let's figure it out together. Get ready. Let's build. Four, three, two, one. Everything that you've been through up until this point has helped you create your why. And when you have a strong why, nothing will stop you. What's up, everybody? Listen, thank you so much uh, for hanging out for another week. Welcome back to Building Without a Blueprint. Of course, I want to, first of all, thank God for life and love. And I want to thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging. You know, this is wild that uh, January is going by this fast. This is absolutely wild, but I'm here for it. And I hope you're having a good 2021. Listen, Ah, y'all, I'm so excited about this year for the podcast. We, we're just going to talk about all the things. You know, I listen, we're going for it. We are going for it. And obviously, as you looked at the title of this episode, we're going to talk about ghosting today. Oh, Jesus, help me today. We're going to talk about ghosting. Now, let me let me tell you where this came from. I wanted to do a series for the bros and so if you're a brother watching this 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 is you and i talking just uh brother to brother man to man uh son of god to son of god just doing the best we can to figure this thing out one of the things i hate bro bro i hate when dudes give advice from like the perfect dude syndrome or position and they want to posture like how men are so horrible as though they are not one like that just that never sits right with me and i don't i don't rock with that but what's crazy is i had to reconcile and sit with the fact that that might be how i come across to some people um you might see me as somebody who's consistently giving advice in a generic sense not from experience and not talking about the real and so i just want to do a series because number one not only do i not like when when guys do that whole thing but i also and you see them all over social media but i also don't like when we refuse to sit down and unpack like the whys behind things it's very easy to say, don't do, don't do, don't do. It's a harder thing to come up in somebody's life and say, here's why we do that. And that that's, I'm going to always be somebody that's like, hey, let's talk about and let's unpack the why. Like, let's do that. And then we can tell people what not to do and to do. But yo, the last thing is, you know, sometimes there are dudes giving relationship advice who shouldn't be. <laughs> like... Like, if you're not in a healthy relationship, if you haven't had those experiences, like, don't do that. And don't do it for clout. It's sometimes, I've learned, like, if you just want to get a massive platform, just talk about relationships. And I'm not knocking people who do. I think that those who are called to it do a phenomenal job. And I look to them for the work that they do. But so here's the thing. I say all that to say, look, I'm I'm not married. I'm not in a position to give you a bunch of relationship advice. What I am is somebody trying to figure out 
dating as a 26 year old. I'm 26 at the time of recording this. And I am, I, I like to say it this way for the rest of the time we're going to spend together, I'm not preaching at you. I'm struggling with you. And that's why I'm having this conversation because in dating confession time, are you ready for this? Let, let me see if this is a safe space. Let me see if my podcast is safe. Yes, it is. This is my podcast. Confession time. <laughs> I, your host, Princeton Parker, yes, have ghosted before. Sweet Jesus. My God today. Help him, Lord. I have ghosted before. Okay, here we go. Confession time. The Bible says that we ought to confess our sins to one toward another for the purpose of healing. I confess to God for forgiveness. I confess to y'all for healing. Two different confessions, neither here nor there. Second confession, I may have done it more than once. And so we got to talk about this. We got to talk about this. But before we do, because I have people who listen to the podcast. First of all, if you're listening to this, you can't see it. But there's a pimple that will just not let me be great. The blood of Jesus be upon you. You are a hindrance. Anyway, uh, (laughs) you're a hindrance to my gorgeousness. Uh, (laughs) focus. Let me define, because I've got people who listen to this podcast of all ages. Let me define what ghosting means. Ghosting is the process of an abrupt stop to communication. It's the process, how we arrive at an abrupt stop in communication or interaction, where there formerly was relationship, interaction, pursuit, whatever that might be. Let me give y'all the basic definition. I was talking to somebody the other night and they were like, why'd you have to say it like that? Why couldn't you just say this? <laughs> like it was, I said like eight words and they said like one. I was like, um, cause then I wouldn't be me. Here's it in a nutshell. It's when you just cold stop responding to somebody. It's when you just walk away, no contact, no explanation of what happened. You just disappear. You no longer, you are no longer responding. That's why it's called ghosting, because you disappear suddenly, okay? I want to talk about why do we do it? And, and I'm going to unpack in those situations, why did, why did I do it? And I think, first of all, you know, got to hold space for it. Shout out, if my friends are listening to this, shout out to y'all. Y'all are the real ones, man, because my friends know this more than anybody. My coworkers know this. I fundamentally am a horrible, like I am a great communicator, And I suck at the process of communicating. Like I can make stuff understandable. I talk in front of crowds for a living. It's what I'm called to do. And yet the process of like answering text messages, returning calls, like responding to emails in a healthy time. I suck at that. Like I cannot wait to have an assistant. If you ask like literally anybody. And and I, I will say that maybe this is a part of the grace that at least is not just at certain people, like literally everybody in my life struggles with this. If you ask everybody, like my pastor tell you, I have to call him three times. That's so horrible to say, but it's the truth. If you survey my coworkers, they'll probably be like, hey, he's so nice. We genuinely enjoy working with him. He's very cooperative. And yet don't text him. Like just, oh Jesus, this is so bad. I'm telling you all my business, but I don't. And this is amplified or has been amplified in a relationship context. Okay. So I'm applying this to relationships, but can I say I have seen, which is why I'm doing this podcast. I have seen the negative effects of what ghosting will do, not just to your romantic relationships, but, but if I had time, I would hold space for what it does in your business relationships, for what it does in your friendships. My, one of my best 
friends. I don't know if he'll ever listen to this, but he he has known this about me. Like I've sweet Jesus, I'll go and be like off the grid for like a month. And then that's just it's I'm and I'm not saying this is okay, y'all. I'm really I'm really just sharing this so that you understand that as I explain this, it's from personal experience. I've studied this. I've, I've been in therapy about it. I've had people hold me accountable. I've had some people who I love that have pulled me aside and be like, nigga, you got, I mean, whoa, Jesus, Negro, <laughs> you got to get this together so that you will become better so that you will really stand up and not ruin what God is trying to do for you. I have hurt people who I cared about. I've given them the impression that I didn't care about them when in reality, I I loved them to the height. And here's the crazy part. would talk about them in a, in a healthy and wonderful way about how much I love them, even when I wasn't talking to them. So toxic. And then in coming back into contact, then you'd have to be like, then the impact of that was that they were like, hey, I didn't, I didn't feel love. You just like dip without explanation. So I want to unpack why do we do this? It will hurt you in every single area, but it will especially hurt in relationships. And, and bro, you and I can't have what we desire if we don't own the things that we do that are hindering God being able to open up what it is that we really want, or at least say we want at this present moment in our lives. And so there's this ghosting thing, bro, you know how it goes, you know, uh, as much as I do or better than I, you start talking to somebody, you meet them, you hit it off, there's an initial conversation, you are putting your best game forward, which we'll talk about a little later, you've got uh, your person laughing, you've got them engaged in conversation, you're feeling them, perhaps you've been eyeing them for a while, waiting for your chance to be in interaction with them, y'all are finally talking, you get the number, or at least you get the Instagram, slide in the DMs, whatever form of contact you have, y'all start building building some, maybe you've even gone on a couple of dates, perhaps many of us need to be honest about this. You started sexing, uh, maybe even having sex in those early stages of the interaction. Maybe it was like the first or two times y'all linked, you started having sex and then uh, you kept talking after that. And at some point, you know how it goes. You just stop responding. Something happens in you and you stop responding. And then maybe even your person reaches out like, hey, what's good? And maybe they even, and sometimes the reach out from your person, it goes in stages. First, um, your person might assume that it is on them and they'll send you something nice. They'll be kind to you and try to send you something that y'all used to laugh at when y'all were just sending DMs back and forth, or they will make a comment or they will uh, sometimes even try to find the spark, whatever the original spark was. So if it was sex, they might try to pull on that part of you all's relationship. Uh, and then it goes from that to now just being like, hey, is something wrong? Question mark. Are, 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 is everything good? Where are you at? What's going on? And again, you're still in the no response. And then it finally might turn into it might go to another level of like now accusation, anger, backlash. Or what will happen is that in your period of not responding, they finally catch the hint like it is what it is. They stop responding. They go in their opposite direction. Now, all of a sudden, one of two things happens. Either one of the people in the dynamic, you or them, will now catch them at some point either out again or you will see them on Insta and you will be like, one of two things will happen when you have that reconnect. You will either get caught that you haven't addressed this and now you don't have opportunity to run away from it because you see them in person. Um, or what goes even deeper than that is what happens when one of y'all sees the other with another person. And then it's like, oh, 
wow. And what's crazy is this, this will have a pretty profound impact on you as the ghoster more than, more than you and I think. I've, I've been there. Or one of the things that, that happens um, is they will post something, be living their best life, and then it might trigger something that attracted you in the first place, and now you're wishing you hadn't ghosted. Now you're just like, oh, man, that, oh, dog, she's still fine. They still, all right. I mean, and then what might even be worse is you might even try to come back and start that cycle all over again. Does that sound familiar? If it does, I'm here to tell you more people are doing this than you understand. Now, bro, I'm talking between the bros because that's the only experience that I have is the experience of being a man. However, I believe that everybody's doing this, men and women included. I've heard stories that it's happening on both ends of the aisles, but you and I are going to talk about why do we do it as men? So first of all, you're probably sitting there going, Pastor Princeton, are you serious? Pastor, the oh my God, I, I you... You just, you know, the way you wear the ties and your Instagram looks so deep, like you're just, you know, like, like you're just so saved and sanctified and you're so nice. Ooh, how could you ghost, Pran, if you're so nice? Ah, that's where I want to start today because I fundamentally believed for a long time, fam, that I was incapable of doing this kind of toxic stuff. That ain't me, that's not who I am. I'm not that guy, I am your nice guy. Here's the problem team, I wanna start here. If you're writing notes down, take this down. One of the reasons why nice guys finish last is because just because you're nice doesn't mean you're whole. Oh yeah, it's gonna be one of those team. Give me a few more minutes. <laughs> just because you're nice doesn't mean you're whole. Just because Princeton is nice doesn't mean that Princeton's mature. You can be kind and emotionally immature. You can be a gentleman and be underdeveloped. You can be chivalrous and not have a high EQ. Watch this. Well, no, let me, let me come to that later. Let me, let me not rush myself. You can be nice and not whole. So just because we're kind and know how to buy flowers, that ain't nothing. How do you communicate when stuff hits the fan? That is the measure of your integrity of your kindness. Because kindness is a protection of the heart, not just an enchantment. Sweet Jesus. I'm, okay. Did you hear what I just said? Kindness is about how you protect someone's heart, not simply how you can enchant them, not how you, simply how you can woo them or make them feel fuzzy. That's niceness. And it has its place. You and I, we should be nice, bro. Bro, keep buying the flowers. Keep doing the cards. Keep doing the expensive dates. Do that. But please know that that is not more important than having the ability to be a whole person on the inside and know how to navigate this communication and these relationships. Are you with me so far? Niceness can even create a sense of entitlement. I've realized this. That sometimes when you and I look at ourselves as the nice guy, sometimes what we're doing is we're then arguing that we are entitled to a certain type of behavior, a certain type of access, like bro, girl, sis, whoever you are, you owe me this because I'm nice. Eh, that fundamentally means that you are not, in fact, nice at all. You're not, in fact, a good guy at all, bro. When we do that, when we use our goodness as a sense of entitlement, it means that we're not even really good in our heart because we have, we have developed a sense of pride about who we are, not a humility about who we are. And I don't mean that you have to look down on yourself because let me say this, some of you all think that um, the other side of being proud or the other side of being an F-boy is to be highly insecure. But let me tell you this, they're two sides of the same coin. Insecure boys will make just, a bad, just as bad of decisions as toxic problems. 
both emotions will lead to the same toxic decision. The man who thinks he's untouchable and the man who thinks he's nothing will both try to pursue multiple women to try to validate either identity. So you and I, and, and I used to do this for a long time. I realized that I was dating for affirmation because of my insecurity. I thought that insecurity was humility. So I'm not telling you don't be proud, be insecure and be down on yourself because no, that's going to lead you down the same path. You're going to make the same mistakes as the proud dude, as the, um, the dude who thinks, as the narcissist. You're going to do, there it is. You, the insecure, you and I, when we are insecure, we will make the same mistakes as the dude who is a narcissist because they're two sides of the same coin. I want us to have a healthy self-esteem, which is what I've been working through to develop in therapy. A good guy is not someone who believes that he is above messing up. A good guy is one, watch this, who is, who is acquainted with the fullness of his humanity. Can I be deep? who knows who he is in all senses. He knows his strengths. He knows his weaknesses. He knows his ups. He knows his downs. He knows his temptations. He knows his strong suit. Watch this. And he is choosing to invest in his best self. That's what makes me good. Not that I'm perfect. What makes me good is that I know my imperfections, but I have a heart after being my best. Okay, I know the ways in which I am imperfect, but I have a heart to do my best. I am aligned to do my best. I'm positioned and I have the right intentions plus the right effort. Good intentions with no effort helps nobody, but effort without good intention will become manipulation. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Let me say it again. Intention without effort never helps anybody. You can mean well, but if you never do anything, that never gets translated. But if you do all the right things, but have the wrong intentions, then that will lead to manipulation. You have to have good intentions and good efforts, and that's what makes us good. Now, if I was dipping into my theological bag, I would repeat like Jesus and say that none of us are good. Jesus said, look, ain't nobody good but the Father. Now, that's when my faith comes into play to say that the only real good man is Jesus. And I am patterning myself after the one who is good. And I, I am walking in the shadow of his goodness. I am walking in the reflection of the goodness that Jesus has projected onto me. Wish I had time to unpack that. That's not what this podcast is about. So the reason why I'm starting there is because if you're listening like me, so, some, some of us ghosts because you just like it. You like the thrill of checking off boxes. You like checking names. That thrills you. That's what you were raised with. We'll get to that. But some of you, maybe like me, have done it from the point of insecurity. You, you were the quote unquote nice guy, very kind, very kind with your words. And I will say this. Let me just put a side note on this. When we ghost as quote unquote nice guys, it is even a little more harmful than guys who, I think there are some times where you can recognize like how, how the dude is presenting. You're like, uh, you wasn't blank when I met you. I just liked the personality. Like there's some dudes that they, they, they give that off from jump. But for many of us who present as one thing and then ghost, it makes it even more harmful because one, I'll never forget, I heard somebody say, which, which gripped me to my soul. In fact, it's one of the areas that has created such this push and shame which is a part of the reason why I'm talking about this so much is because she said, I, I thought you were different. And, and I think when you hear that, that, that will be something that will ground you to realize the severity of the choices that you make. Because when you present in your kindness and then unveil, it, it's, it's almost like at some point you're just like, hey, I, I, when somebody does this, you'd almost be like, I'd rather we hadn't met 
than to have met and then have have my world reversed, if that makes sense. So I really, if you're somebody listening to me and, and you're a kind dude, you, you, you're, you've got great stuff happening for you. I really want you to hear me clearly that I, you and I have to get really good about unpacking why we did this because just because we're nice doesn't mean we won't ghost. Just because we're nice or kind or gentle or gentleman or whatever that might be, doesn't mean that we too aren't capable of making dumb decisions that will hurt other people and that will hurt us as well. So let's get into these reasons and I'm gonna let y'all go. Reason number one, why do we ghost? We ghost because, have you ever said this? I'm afraid to hurt their feelings. I'm afraid to hurt their feelings. This is the, those of us who identify as nice, we say, I didn't want to hurt her feelings. This is particularly because what happened is somewhere along the way, we changed our mind about the position that we were in. We changed our mind about them being our person. We lost interest, we whatever that is. And in the process of changing our mind, we did not want to let them know our mind to change. One of my closest friends who I love immensely, she said something powerful to me one day. She said, it is okay for you to change your mind, but you should notify your stakeholders. Now, I'm not going to unpack that because I hope she will write a book about it. She, she's going to do some, some work about it. But the, the gist is this. People have an interest, like their feelings and their life is attached to the decision that you're making. So you can change your mind all you want because you're a human, but you should notify people. But we're like, no, I can't let them know my mind change because it could hurt their feelings. Can I tell you part of the reason why this is dangerous is because we are taught bad definitions of what it means to be a protector to be a protector. We are taught that protector means protect her from being hurt. Yes, and protection also means never allow her to have a false sense of safety. Dear God, I might have to just do a part two. Maybe I won't get through all of these. We're taught protect them from being hurt, but protection also means I have to present to you truth so that you never have a false sense of safety. So that you never have a false sense of safety. Because it's in that false sense of safety that you could still get hurt. It's in that false sense of safety that they can still get hurt. Because they're believing one thing, trusting one thing, accepting at face value one thing, and then all of a sudden that thing is sort of stolen from under their feet. And so it is that you, that what you think is protecting me is actually going to hurt me longer because you're providing me, we are providing them with a false sense of safety, a false sense of safety that this is what they can expect for the rest of our dating experience, a false sense of safety that everything around you is okay, a false sense of safety that your word can be trusted, a false sense of safety, watch this, that there's momentum. Because when we are talking like that, at that speed, what it's doing is it is creating momentum. One of the things that will help for those of us who have ever ghosted before is to adapt a slower rhythm of communication in the beginning. The problem is we go from zero to a thousand to zero. That's a whole lot. It could be safer if instead of you went from DMing, good morning, how's your day going at noon, and then how was your day at nine o'clock? 
why don't you just chill and do like a once a week type situation? Why don't you do it once every two weeks? And you're like, well, how am I going to get her that way? No, 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 no. You need to allow that time to build a solid foundation while two things happen, while you get your intentions right and while you also set the groundwork so that she is not building a larger sense of expectation than she should. So the number one reason why we ghost is, hey, I was afraid to hurt your feelings, so I never had a conversation. I created a false sense of safety, and then by ghosting, completely pulled that from under your feet, which I always realized, I always realized when I would go back and have conversations with my friends who I'd ghosted or in these particularly two romantic relationships come to mind where I ghosted, two of them come to mind. In those repair conversations, which I'm gonna talk about, the response was the same. Why didn't you say that? Because typically what we think is going to hurt their feelings is not going to hurt their feelings. Because even though they're hurt that it's over, the clarity of why it's over will give them strength enough to move on. So what I've understood in these conversations, they would be like, yo, you were trying not to hurt my feelings. Number one, you actually did hurt them worse by not saying anything than you would have if you said something. And then number two, the knowledge of what went wrong, the knowledge of knowing what's going on in your head. Do you know I was in therapy and my therapist said, you keep trying to do everything except let her in your head. When at the end of the day, you can save all of these long pathways around what you're doing in this relationship and just let her in because that's what she wants. Side note, we don't ever believe that. We don't ever believe that what our partners want is just us and where our head is at and how we're processing and what we're thinking, even if it's not what they want us to think. So the number one reason why we ghost is because we have a change of heart. We're like, uh, I'm not into you. Our beliefs don't align. You know, I, I've had experiences where I had to be honest that I was more in love with the way someone was presenting on social media than I was actually in love with who they were in real life. And when I got to know them, I was like, uh, I'm I'm not the hugest fan. And and I've had I've had people say that about me that what they loved was the Princeton who's on the stage. They really just appreciated the words and the gift. When they got to know me, they're like, uh, you know, I whatever. And so that's fine. That's okay because we are human beings. That's totally fine. God is going to gift you with what works for you. But what happens in these instances, though, is that we don't notify them when that heart change happens. We don't say. Instead, we're like, uh, and here's what it is. It is really a matter of avoidance. I'm avoiding that conversation. I am avoiding. And typically the problem with us as gentlemen is that we learned that being a gentleman and conflict avoidance were the same thing. I remember one of the biggest things I had to unpack, and my mom has had to help me with this because my mom, my mom and I are remotely different. My mom loves confrontation. She just, you know, she just is not afraid. She's She'd be almost looking for, <laughs> she might be mad at me for saying this, but when the bill collectors be messing up on our stuff, she will sit for hours and go up a level and be like, I'm going to speak to your manager. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to speak like, I'll be like, there she go. There she goes. She got, she got to get it in today. My mom thrives on that. She's fine in that environment. My, my dad is very much so be chill. Now I've seen my dad turn up. Don't get me wrong. My, my dad, when he gets in the right environment is just, listen, <laughs> get out of his way. 
but but I'm I am the opposite of my mom. I am by and large a, a conflict avoider. I'm slightly growing out of that because you can't be a pastor and be a conflict avoider. Because what I've learned is that as a pastor, you'll just keep getting handy conflict until you deal with it. Like <laughs> you can avoid for a minute until you're past. See, if you avoid conflict as an evangelist, you're just preaching on the road. You can escape conflict. But when you're pastoring, I you have to see these people the next week. So you got to deal with the conflict as it comes. We as gentlemen typically are conflict avoiders. But what I was working through in therapy, my therapist helped me understand, confrontation doesn't always have to mean evil. It doesn't always have to be mean. You can be a gentleman in your confrontation. You can still be a dope gentleman. Watch this. You can still own the conversation and confront it. You can say, hey, listen, let me, we need to have a conversation about this. I've been feeling this kind of way. I want to bring you into it because I don't want to ever feel something and not share it with you because of how we've been going for the past three, four months. And so I want to let you know where my head is at. Is there a good time for us to have this conversation? Let me tell you something. Even if she does not like what you say in that conversation, she will have respect that you initiated it. Brothers, bros, bros, can we get better at initiating conversation? When I tell you one of the things God has revealed to me or what I've learned about myself, also, I'm going to do a separate podcast. We got to stop making everything about God revealed. God said, you're my wife. How about you just say that you find her attractive and you'd like to get to know her? Separate podcast. Um, Everything doesn't have to be so deep. What I learned about myself is that I, I had things to say, but I was waiting on someone else the other person in the relationship to initiate the conversation. That's not leadership. So you can't proclaim, hey, I'm the leader of my household, if that's what you believe, or you know, I'm walking as a kingdom man or as a good man or as a whatever, black man, whatever, and not initiate conversation. One of the tenets of leadership is that you start difficult conversations. One of the things that being a manager has taught me is I can't wait on my cast members or employees to come to me. I am going to have to initiate those difficult conversations. You cannot wait for someone to come and give you feedback. If you want it, you need to go initiate that conversation. So, bros, the nice guy says, I can't. No, 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 no. As a leader, you can still be nice, gentle, affirming, protecting, and step up to have that conversation. So that's the number one reason why we ghost. Let me tell you the other thing, bros. What happens is, when we're taught to be a protector, our definition of protection often is taught to us that in order to guard her feelings, we have to abandon our own. And I believe this for a long time. My favorite couple ever is uh, Duvall and Kadeem, the Ellis's. Their podcast is dope and um, just everything they do is dope. And Duvall said something powerful. He said he thought or was taught that the purpose of him being a husband was to supply his wife her happiness. And many of us are taught that to be a protector means I must abandon everything I feel in the wake of coddling to protecting her feelings. Let me tell you this, bros. That's not the way relationship works. And he unpacked it in that podcast episode. That's not the way relationship works. It does not work like that, where our job is to dismantle our own feelings in the name of coddling, supporting, affirming, or protecting hers. What in actuality it means is that I'm able to create spaces where both of our feelings can thrive and exist and be present. So number one, we are afraid to hurt feelings. And so we decide I'd rather ghost. The impact that has over time is that one, you will hurt their feelings way worse by ghosting than you will by having the conversation. Number two, king, because <laughs> everybody's doing that. King, 
king, I want to talk to you, king to king, black king, king, I want to talk to you, king. <laughs> hey, king, I want to speak to the king in you. I'm not knocking people who do that. Please hear me, because respect. They can do that. Who knows? I might start doing it. I might start doing it now. Maybe more people will listen. I don't know. But bro, bro, let me tell you this. You deserve to be heard. You deserve to share that your mind has changed. You deserve to share if there's something in the relationship that you're not getting. You deserve to stand up fully in that space. I'm definitely going to have to do two episodes of this. Here we go. Number two, second reason why we ghost. Reason number two is because it got too deep. I was all in when it wasn't serious. And now that you caught feelings or now that I caught feelings, I'm turned off because I wasn't actually pursuing something serious. So everybody feels that switch when it goes from fun flirtation that's just giving everybody that adrenaline of, of I almost called it oxycotton. I think it's oxytocin. Is that chemical, the, the thing that bubbles up? As you can tell, I'm not a scientist. I, I just talk. That's all I have, okay? But if, if oxytocin is right. I'm going to look that up after this podcast, after I record it. I should have looked it up before, but this just hit me. This is off the dome. Anyway, while you're talking <laughs> and those endorphins are being released, those endorphins, did I use that in the right context? I don't know. Y'all text me and let me know. Um, <laughs> you're getting that adrenaline, that feeling like, oh, I'm being noticed and it's funny and, and it is exciting and it's sexy and you're talking to somebody new and y'all are learning all this stuff and, and you get to reinvent and represent yourself to an all new human being and you're having the fun of it. And then in the midst of all of that, she catches feelings, he catches feelings, you catch feelings, whatever that is. Then all of a sudden something's triggered and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is getting deep and I do not want to swim on this end of the pool. So instead of communicating that or resetting boundaries, and better yet, at that point, what we really have is um, some gray and a blur in the intentions. That's really what happened in that point. We're flirting and communicating and talking. And then let me tell you all this. Just this gets 15 and 20 and 30 and 40 times more complicated when you throw sex into it. I think at some point we will get over just like, you know, sex is a sin and all that. I, I think it goes deeper than that. Sex complicates our ability to discern and live. Sex makes it so much harder in these situations to acquire what it is we desire. So especially when you add that into it, now everything is blurred. Everything is blurred. We're like, sweet Jesus. I did not know where this was coming from or how this happened. And so, ah, it's like this. I remember shopping at the grocery store one time and I grabbed a basket and something about me this particular day started observing everything about this basket. I observed how the greats were locked in with one another. I observed the way that they had carved out the slots where the legs of your toddler would go if they were riding at the top of the basket. I observed how it wasn't just that that handle or that little cover where your hands go, that it wasn't just snapped on there, but that it was done with an adhesive. I noticed the wheels. And if you've ever gone to a grocery store uh, in the hood, you know that uh, if they got 300 baskets, about 210 of them, they wheels don't work. You be trying to turn and they make that. <laughs> 
this ain't for those of you that shop at Sprouts and and, and Trader Joe's and them. And I, I shop at those places too. But every now and then you got to go to the hood, Ralph's, the hood food for less. Uh, it used to be Vons. Vons and got bougie and had pavilions and all that. But I, I noticed everything about this basket. And then finally, I looked and there was a sign. And the sign was warning you to not take the basket out of the parking lot. And so it had an image that showed the cart in an animated fashion, crunching and lock, clenching and cringing and locking up when it saw the dotted line that would say that it would get outside of the parameter of where it was supposed to be. In other words, it was saying that there's something about the basket that when it approaches this line to get to the outer boundary of where the store is, it locks up and many of us are like that basket. When it comes to relationships, there's a line. As long as I'm within this field where I can play around and do everything that I want and just have the fun of it. I, I want the fun without the commitment. I want the the I want the affirmation without the confirmation. Jesus, that's a whole other podcast. Um, I want to be able to be affirmed without knowing that this is the space where I'm supposed to be. I want to make these investments without any accountability, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the moment feelings come into it, the moment it gets deep, I like that basket. Maybe you like that basket. Maybe they like that basket. All of a sudden lock up and ghosting comes when our internal vaults lock up because it's getting too deep. It's a form of running away. Sometimes it's what we want, but we weren't prepared for what we wanted to come that quickly. One of the dangers is we say what we want, but we're not in a posture to receive what we want because when God gives this to us, we're like, dang, I wasn't done yet. God, here you come with an anointing and I wasn't done doing me. Here you come with a wife, God, and I, I was still, man, I was still trying to have just, just a little more, you know, can, can, I, can I get... Can I get a reset on the fun clock? And so there's this disparity because we articulate that we want certain things. And then when God presents them to us, we, they're not aligned in the timing or in the posture that we want. And then when it gets too deep, we run away. Or maybe that's not what we wanted at all. Maybe when they caught feelings, it revealed that we both wanted two different things. Have you ever ghosted because you finally realized in that moment that what they wanted and what you wanted were different? And the danger is that it wasn't until now that you all had ever talked about it. They really liked you all along. You really lusted them all along. They were really trying to build something serious and we were really trying to figure it out. Sometimes we ghost because the person you're talking to figures it out quicker than you. And they know, they are like, you're my person. I've heard from God. Here we go, adding God and everything. I've heard from God. I have, you know, I know this. My family loves you, my this, my that. And you're like, yo, I'm, I'm not there. I am not there yet at all. And this is the first time we've reached that crossroads. Because one of the reasons why is because we didn't lead with intention. That's a whole other conversation about making our intentions known from the jump. I think we have a habit of building the flirtatious relationship and then putting, oh, there it is. Here's the quotable version. We build chemistry before we communicate intention. We build chemistry with people before we communicate intention. I'm, I'm telling you, I've done this. I've done this 
where we build the chemistry, we make them laugh, we make sure they like us, and then we say what we want and don't want. But now feelings are involved, communications are involved. We, we are in a position tied with one another. This is not going to work. We got to communicate intentions. This is what I want. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm after. And now, if we both want that, let's work on the chemistry. So one of the reasons why we ghost, y'all, is because it got too deep. We're like, oh, man, she's like in love in love and I'm having fun. Or we say, I need more time. I'm not sure. This is not what I wanted. Or I'm afraid. Uh, I am afraid. King, <laughs> can I hold space for the fact that one of the things that we never get space often to be is afraid because we're taught that you can't be afraid and a protector at the same time or that I can't protect you and tell you that I'm afraid because then you won't trust a protector who you think is fearful, especially if we're afraid of something she's not. If I'm afraid of something and you seem to have confidence in it, that's that we oftentimes it leaves us feeling insecure. We now project that like, hey, I wish I was as confident in you. Now, how can I lead you if I don't have the same confidence in this area that you do? How can I lead you if I'm afraid of commitment or relationship? If I never saw it, if I never saw healthy relationships, I want it with you, but you seem so much more confident in this area than I am. And oftentimes, instead of expressing that, instead of getting help for it, instead of talking to your homies about it, instead of doing what needs to be done so that you can keep going, crisis averted. I'm just going to dip. And I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to walk away, and I'm not going to tell you. We ghost because it got too deep. I was all in when it wasn't that serious. I, watch this. I felt safe when it wasn't serious. Now that it's serious, I feel unsafe. And we have to ask ourselves, why is that? What are we afraid of? What do we feel like is not going to happen? If, especially if this is the person of your dreams, especially if this is what God prayed for, it's like, no, no, no. I will work through this fear. It is okay to be afraid. Brother, I need you to hear me say that because I oftentimes have struggled to believe that as a pastor, as a friend, as a brother, as somebody dating, as a son, as somebody who desires or who feels called to be a leader in our generation, I have felt so condemned and ashamed about how afraid I am. And so I want to preach so that you don't see that I'm afraid. I want to achieve so that you don't see I'm afraid. I will run so that you don't see I'm afraid. But do you know that it's not about whether or not you're afraid? It's about what do you do with the fear? It is completely fine for you to be afraid. It is not okay for you to let fear guide your decisions as opposed to the God that's on the inside of you. <sighs> that's my time today. I got like five more, okay? So I tell you what, would you join me for part two? Is that okay? Would, would you join me? Bro, I got more to give you. You know, I used to regret that I had made some dumb decisions and, 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 and in many senses still do. In many senses, one of the things I'm trying to grow out of is I'm, I'm trying to not live my life trying to outrun failures because um, that's almost like trying to run forward backward but I used to be like God I you know there was a time in my life where I didn't do stuff like this where you know if I was reading something on Twitter I would just be like that's a shame man is out here doing that and now I'll read stuff and be like oh God Lord forgive me how do we fix this <laughs> let me be held accountable who I need to talk to I'll bring some of my next therapy appointments <laughs> and I used to hate that God I don't like this feeling and God helped me understand Peter. He said, listen, Peter, Jesus said, 
I have prayed for you that your faith fail thee not. Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. Watch this. Satan has desired to expose you. Satan has desired to rob you of all the things that you think or that you know make up who I've called you to be. But I, I prayed for you. And I prayed that in the process of having your humanity exposed, your faith won't fail. That you'll still believe that I am your righteousness. And that you'll still believe that you are called. You'll still believe that underneath all those decisions is a good man who needs to stand up and make the choice to be who God has called him to be. But here's the end of it. The end of it is that Jesus said, listen, Peter, you'll be all right. You're going to fall. You're going to realize that you two are trash. <laughs> but here's the thing. You're going to recover. And your destiny is going to be great. You're going to repair some of those things that you did. You're going to find ways to love people in ways that you've never had before. You're going to repent. You're going to be okay. But here's the thing. When you are converted, strengthen your brother. When you pick your head up off the pavement, go back and tell your other brothers who will be susceptible to the same things that you are, that their hope is in God and that there is an opportunity to think better, to say better, to love better, to do better, and to choose better. So listen, bro, from my heart to yours, we will get through this. We will honor God. We will honor ourselves and our own hearts. We will honor the women that we love. We will honor the spaces that we are called to lead. And we will honor our community and the world by choosing to unpack what got us here, submitting that to God, submitting that to community, and then being intentional about going forward. Forever yours in the journey. I love y'all. If this helped you, send this to another brother. They'll be like, hey, he is out here talking to us. Yeah, I hope that it blessed you. Hey, shoot me a, shoot me a note, y'all. Um, text me, DM me, email me, something. Let me know this helped you. I don't want to be doing this and be all, I'm out here spilling the tea on my life. Please tell me that it's doing something or else I ain't telling y'all nothing else ever again. <laughs> Oh, but for real, love y'all so much. I'm going to do part two. I'm going to give you like a, a you, if you're listening to this, you can't see it. But like, this is a sneak peek at my notes. I have more stuff <laughs> that I've written down on this topic. But um, we will be better. I'm going to lead the way. I got to. <laughs> Lord, I need a see Baba. Anyway, okay, let's go. Love y'all so much. Uh, part two coming soon. Listen, I say this all the time. With God as your foundation and purpose as your motivation, keep building family. <laughs>